This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here. With Jeremiah, the king of Kentucky backpacking, Stringer, and uh, Jeremiah, I, I, I want to show you something. Is that cool? Yes, sir. Let's Can see. I show you something. My, my face just got super bright because I put something on the screen, <laughs> but I got to show this to you because this is this is one of the coolest things. I got an email this week, and uh, in the email, um, I was shared a statistic about us that I didn't know from a company called good pods and they basically keep track of podcasts and viewership and listenership and all that kind of stuff well anyways found out that we are the number 59 podcast in all of the wilderness category right now in the country out of the top 100 we're number 59 <laughs> that's including <laughs> snowboarding hunting fishing you know snorkeling whatever it is you do outside that's all included in this and currently we're ranked number 59 in that right now. Well, huge thank you to all the listeners and audience and the people in the chat today for all the support, dude, because uh, they're the ones, you know, with the ears listening. I'm just a guy oh, talking know, on a microphone. Man. It's just crazy to think that uh, this little podcast that we kind of goofed off with at the beginning uh, has actually <laughs> done something pretty awesome, you know? So uh, I love to hear the good news. It's kind of fun to see. <laughs> yeah it's kind of fun to see also fun to see this past weekend was uh my cleveland browns beating the san francisco 49ers oh yeah man yeah How about that? your team's rolling i feel like every team every uh team i'm a fan of is just in loserville right now <laughs> <laughs> just loser i'm wearing a kentucky sweatshirt right now yeah i'm a sad guy what can i say it's almost basketball season i guess yeah, that's all right. Basketball season will be good for you guys. It usually is. Yeah, I hope usually so. is. We got a bunch of questions starting to pop up already. Um, <laughs> um, here, let's let's go ahead and add this one first. Um, I just filled a cat hole. Mind doing a tick check? <laughs> Doc Watson, old faithful, already in there. And Riff Outdoors is already saying, "Is it Jeremiah merch?" No, not yet. Not yet, not yet. We're not there. So, uh, anyways, we got some really cool stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Before we get that going, though, we've got to do what we got to do, which is bring up your favorite and my favorite, the fake news. The I ticker like is on. And I think it's time, Jeremiah, that we bring on our guest tonight. So, why don't you introduce our illustrious guest for the evening? Yes, tonight we are having on the man... That can kill every tick in this world. Well, I wish that he could. Uh, we are talking about all <laughs> kinds of things pest-related, um, how to kill ticks, how to prevent, you know, getting bit by them. We have Mr. Brian Anderson. Go ahead and bring him on. How's it going, Brian? <laughs> it's going good. I was fun to talk about ticks, yeah. The That's Tick sure. Terminator. I like the shirt, the man. Tick Terminator. Do you have an Arnold? Do you do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation by any chance? The Tick Terminator. I'll be back. 
<laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, what I had a guy do a video on, on my stuff and uh, the whole video, which I'll tell you about in a while. Uh, it was kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. He, he did a crazy. It was, it's crazy. Everybody's got to see it sometime. It's nuts. Well, welcome that's to the show. The Tick Terminator. We thought that uh, you'd be a good fit for the backpacking podcast because I don't know about you, John, but uh, if there's one thing that I absolutely hate, it is a tick. And actually, yes. I have I backpack so much that I may be getting scammed here, but our insurance at work, you know, you can take out like a cancer <coughs> policy or, you know, the different policies. I took out one for Lyme disease because I'm so afraid of picking it up from a tick bite. So I think if you get it, then they help on some of the medical bills uh, up to so many thousand. Wow, that, that that's unique because so many insurance companies don't cover Lyme disease. Well, it's an add-on. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, so I'm, that, that's, that's kind of good. But I hope after tonight you'll learn some things uh, where hopefully you'll never get it because it's, it's no fun at all. Lyme disease is, is, is really bad. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you and kind of uh, give some context of what you do, who you are. So, uh, this Tick Terminator is this what you do full time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what exactly does that entail? What's it look like? Well, I work with a lot of companies that have outdoor workers and backpackers now too. Backpackers are getting to be. Uh, uh, a big part of my business, but, uh, you know, companies that say, uh, uh, power companies that have linemen that are, you know, walking through tall grass, uh, hunting, the hunting community also, uh, but, uh, outdoor workers, you know, uh, companies that do, uh, let's say pipelines, you know, you got workers going through grass and then ditches and people who are that, that type of outdoor worker, you know, that's probably making some sense there. Uh, I work with the companies and, uh, uh, educate them. Uh, I've actually written a book now called uh, Winning the War on Ticks. You know, you can get it on my website or on Amazon. Uh, I actually want to call it Ticks Suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title. Why don't you go with that? That is a great title. Well, Maybe that can be I the follow-up. I got outvoted by the two most important women in my life, uh, namely my wife first, and then my mom who helped edit it. They said, nah, Pick another title. So that's what I picked. So anyways, uh, you got to have fun with it, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, I work a lot with safety directors at these companies, you know, because they're in charge of being helping their workers be safe out there. And I educate them. I've written uh, bulletins uh, several years ago to help them when they give their employees a tick talk, you know, let's say in the spring or in the summertime. They have some real good content that they can tell them. Uh, about how to uh, prevent it if you get bit. You know, we'll talk more to that. Uh, what you watch for, how you take a tick off, actually. You know, so uh, I try to educate them that to help them because nobody else really does what I do. I'm about the only one in the country that is crazy and weird enough to do what I do, you know, and then have a logo that's a tick in the shape of a hand grenade. I mean, come on. I mean, it's a war out there, you know, <laughs> that's war. good. Branding. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so it goes great. Everybody loves my, I did not create this, this uh, logo, but everybody loves, it. I mean, I'm not smart enough to do that, but I had somebody do it. And that, wow, that's perfect. You know, when I saw it, that, so. that is awesome, man. It sounds like you're totally independent and that's a great lifestyle yeah. to live. How long have you been, uh, doing this this type of work 
probably a, my website came out, out in about 17. I spent a year making it probably. Uh, and then I kind of went full-time into it about late 2019. So it was about, was I going on four years, five years, something like that. Wow. It's been a gradual, you know, thing, uh, how, how it's, it's evolved into what it is today. Uh, I never Frank, knew I'd be doing what I'm doing today, you know, several years ago, sure. but I love it. It's fun. I speak at, at safety conferences too, uh, for like, uh, uh, outdoor worker companies, like power companies, uh, which is a lot of fun, educate them on, on ticks and stuff and the prevention, you know, is a, that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. Wow. So, so I, I got a question I have to ask you. So take me back to little Brian Anderson. <laughs> When did okay. when did the fascination with ticks start? Because you're the only human being I've ever met, and we're <laughs> meeting for the first time tonight, that is just caught up in ticks. I just want to know what brought that about. Well, I remember as a little kid, I, I'm in Michigan. If you're familiar with Michigan, uh, we have two peninsulas, Upper Peninsula, where it's very rural, and Lower Peninsula. My dad was a state cop, and uh, we moved way down state. I mean, right on the Ohio border when I was going, you know, from K through eighth grade, all right? And my parents were from Upper Michigan, uh, Upper Peninsula, uh, like 500 miles away. So we would travel up there to visit them, my grandparents who lived there. And I remember as a kid, I was kind of fascinated with ticks because they were, in my little skinny brain as a little kid, I put them on the same level as a mosquito, only they didn't fly. You know, they were just a nuisance in the 60s. Because I'm 65, I'm probably old enough to be your daddy. I'm not your daddy, but old <laughs> enough, you know. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, I got a lot of life left in me and a lot of, uh, you know, energy in me too uh, for doing what I do. But anyways, I remember being fascinated with them. And uh, every once in a while, I, I thought it was really cool when I could see them on a blade of grass, you know, in their environment, which you normally don't see. You normally don't see them until they're on you and they're crawling up your pants or they're stuck to you. But I remember as a little kid... Uh, uh, my grandparents lived in a nice spot in the woods, you know, a couple hundred acres. And we, the kids would go, my brothers and I would go play in the woods. And at night, just before we went to bed, mama would come in and we stripped down to nothing but a smile. She'd do a tick check on us. And I thought it was kind of cool that they, 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 she'd pull off these every once in a while. And we never had a problem. Never. All right. It was just a nuisance. You know, they bite you and you take it off and that was the end of it. My grandpa, I remember him taking them off the dog, you know, the size of a, uh, like a grape. You know, you've seen them big, yes. ugly, fat, full of blood, disgusting looking. Uh, I don't know if my brothers and I ever did a hammer test, you know. Yeah. See if they explode. <laughs> I don't know if we ever did. We're boys, you know what I mean? That's what boys do. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I remember never having problems with them, you know? Well, well Go ahead, John. I know, I know our people are starting to leave some comments. I got to read you some of the comments that are coming in here, if that's okay, because we, we do have comments, and people are going to be asking questions and stuff. Um, the first one, I warned you about this pre-show that this, this conversation would come up, but I wonder if he's going to tell us how to avoid ticks while pooping. <laughs> that, that's the first one that came up here. Let me pull this out of the way so you guys uh, can see that. Uh, then the well, next question on here... <laughs> Was, uh, Let me answer that one first or what? Yeah, go for it. If you want to answer that, go for it. I would say if you're going to poop, make sure you're not squatting down on tall grass where ticks could possibly be. So you're going to, you know, touch them with your hinder. You know what I mean? That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 
Uh, this next one's great. Also, Stumble Outdoors, my wife already hates tonight's episode due to the large tick on the TV screen. So. <laughs> well, I don't know very many people who like ticks. About the only people, or people, I should say, about the only thing that like ticks are, are people that uh, feed on them. Or, or not people, but, uh, you know, like ants and spiders and praying mantis, you know, grasshoppers, you know, the poultry family of chickens and turkeys and guinea hens, uh, some possums. Those things like them, but everything else hates them. I, well, you're going to love this. That likes them. Yeah. You're going to absolutely love this then because the next comment is hike with wet possums, nature's tick vacuums. I've heard they can do a pretty good job with them. Yeah. Yep. yeah and, then, never... and then uh, Doc came back after saying that to say this. Don't forget guinea hens. Yep. Lots of homesteaders around me have guinea hens to clean up the ticks. That's right. Because guinea hens are part of the poultry family. Uh Actually, uh, the state of Maine did a, I mean, I got so many stories here. Uh, the state of Maine did a study on, on uh, turkeys and, and ticks a couple of years ago, a number of years ago. And they found that, that turkeys eat uh, a lot of, obviously, ticks, but they also eat the spiders and the praying mantis and the, mantis and the grasshoppers that are also enemies of ticks. And what they were, uh, their, their uh, theory that when they were done with their study was, uh, turkeys are actually contributing to the longevity of ticks because they're eating a lot of ticks natural enemies so they have fewer enemies if the turkeys are eating you know the the other insects that eat the ticks oh wow kind of crazy yeah you never now, even think about thing is when turkey season comes around we need to go hog wild and get as many as we can <laughs> yeah. and anybody who's a turkey hunter needs to use permethrin out there we'll talk more about that but yeah, for sure. Turkey hunting is a tough season because you sit in the tick habitat in the spring, you know? So wow. Definitely. You got uh, another comment you're wanting to show? I got a couple questions. I'll go for it, man. I, I, I'm going to hold these, these comments off till later. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, Brian, this last summer I did the Camino de Santiago, which is a walk across Spain. And then whenever I'm like in the U.S., obviously we talked a little before the show about backpacking, but – um, I do, you know, either weekend trips or like, you know, some trails that are longer, but, uh, you know, basically in the woods here in the States. So I didn't have any issues at all in Spain with, uh, ticks and I didn't go through a lot of brush or anything, but I was curious being over in Spain or the different parts of Europe, is it the exact same tick that I'm dealing with here in the States, or is there like a bunch of different ones and it depends on the region you're in and maybe there's more than one per region? I don't know about Spain. Obviously my specialty is United States. Sure. Sure. Uh, but, uh, I have not heard much about Spain. I have heard people talk from the UK, uh, that they have a, uh, like a cousin of our deer tick. The deer tick is the one that gets the most uh, notoriety and, 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 uh, uh, responsibility for carrying Lyme disease. Okay, it's a deer tick, and they have a cousin to the deer, our deer tick over there in uh, the UK, where they can get Lyme disease also. I, I cannot you. remember the name of it right now. It escapes escapes me, but yeah, they do have a cousin that looks a little bit different than our deer tick. And I should show you this. Yeah, hang on. All right, let's see it. Of course, I have to have a stuffed tick. You know. What I mean? <laughs> where do you <laughs> get awesome. a stuffed tick? You got to order that on Amazon. No, I didn't find it on Amazon. I found another place, but uh, this here is, uh, I'm going to get on the camera here, right? Okay. This is actually an adult. I have a smaller one there, too. I have a little baby tick that I use for 
you know, when I do like uh, uh, trade shows and stuff like that. But yeah, this I use this for demonstration purposes too of, of uh, how to best to take a tick off. I mean, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but while I got it out, should I show you that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. kind of uh, for the people that are just listening on the podcast and aren't watching the video, make sure you kind of talk them through uh, exactly what you're pointing at on the on the stuffed animal. Okay. So anyways, I use this, uh, I pretend like it's stuck to me, okay? And uh, right about now is when most people listening start to get to creepy crawlies and they start itching and they start to think that they got to do a tick check on themselves in their own living room, you know, or in their car. Uh, but that's normal, you know what I mean? Sure. When, when, they, when I talk, then people get that. So anyways, I have a stuffed tick that I'm putting in my hand here and I'm uh, grabbing like the little mouth part like it's stuck to me. So I tell people, when you take a tick off, you want to be careful. I tell people, you don't want to tick off a tick when you're taking them off. Or actually, it's usually a her because it's typically females that bite us, not necessarily many males. The way you take it off, you want to grab it at the very base. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's best if you use a fine tip tweezers or a little thing like a tick key. You don't want to grab it by the body because think about this. You grab by the body, and at the time you're taking it off, it may puke the bats because you're squeezing it, okay? It may puke the bad stuff in you at the time you're trying to take it off. So grab at the very base and pull it up. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can use Being one. Being nice to it. The the little, yeah. uh, the tick keys, is that like the tick removers that you can buy at Walmart in the camping section? Yeah, probably. Or something that grabs just the very base of it. You don't want to grab by the body. Grab it at the very uh, fine tip tweezers. Uh, it works well also. But uh, grab it by the very base. Don't grab it by the body. And then I also tell people, you may want to take a picture of that tick also. Uh, or you may want to save it. I mean, if you're all backpacking, just even taking a, if you have your phone with you, take a picture of it. Sure. Uh, and then after that, I don't care if you uh, smash it with, with uh, you know, rocks or whatever you want to do. Uh, or shoot it with a thirty out 6 You know, that, that's fine with me. <laughs> I probably don't have a backpack. We were always taught to burn them. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, you can burn them too. Bit inhumane, but, burning them alive. Yeah. But while we're talking about taking a tick off, the next thing you also want to do is you want to monitor that bite area. If a little bit of the mouth parts gets stuck in your skin, that's no big deal. Uh, it'll come out of your skin in a couple days, uh, and that's perfectly normal. But watch around the the bite. If you start to have like a, a bullseye rash or some kind of a bad ear very bad irritation around it. If you start to feel, <coughs> excuse me, achy joints, flu-like symptoms, uh, just feeling crappy after the bite, uh, it's really a good idea to get some medical attention because uh, avoiding a tick-borne disease is all about early detection and early treatment because tick-borne diseases never go away. They never get better, I should say. They only progressively get worse. So uh, if somebody, let's say, is out on a trail and uh, let's say they're doing a long through hike like the PCT or the AT or whatever they may be doing uh, and they get a, a, a tick bite and it's a bad one and they start feeling crappy and they know they got, uh, you know, months yet to go, uh, I would highly recommend them stop at the next town wherever they can in the next week or two or less, you know, you don't want to go months like that. And getting some antibiotics for it. Typically, that's what they'll give you. But uh, And that pretty much takes care of it in most cases. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying without medical intervention, it's probably just going to continuously get worse until it gets to the point where you're going to succumb to it and have to go to, you know, a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Or some kind of doctor even too. But it's, I mean, within the first uh, week or two, I, I understand somebody could be out, you know, hiking. Uh, but yeah, do not, do not ignore those symptoms. That, that's what the big thing I'm saying. Uh, because they, it, as we all know, Lyme disease and some kind of tick-borne diseases can be really hard to get rid of. Lyme is really hard to get rid of. There's numerous other diseases, too, that they have, you know, like uh, anaplasmosis, babesiosis, ehrlichiosis, tularemia, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, uh, alpha-gal syndrome as you become allergic to red meat. Uh, so there's numerous different ones, but Lyme is probably the most, or I should say the worst. And depending on what parts of the country they're in, uh, different parts of the country have, you know, more susceptible to ticks. Uh, the AT trail obviously is going to uh, be a good one for Lyme disease because the East Coast is the worst in the country for Lyme disease. Uh, so is that helping you a little bit there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's actually two two diseases I want to talk about specifically was Lyme disease because it's so common, especially where John and I are both located in Kentucky. So, you okay. know, we're East Coast guys, but... Uh, I want to talk yep. about Lyme disease, and then is it alpha gal? Alpha gal, yeah. yeah. Alpha gal syndrome. Yep. syndrome. Actually, okay. let me let me bring up some comments because this stuff has been talking. They've been talking about this in the in the comments okay. here. Let's see. So I just kind of want to talk about this for a second. Um, all things outdoors. Uh, wasn't Lyme disease, and he figured out the spelling later. But wasn't Lyme disease named after Lyme, Connecticut? Correct. Yeah, in the mid seventies, there was a strange arthritic condition found among some adolescent kids. Uh, and, and the mothers, you know, of their kids, you do what mothers do, obviously, is, is trying to protect their kids. And uh, they were finally getting a little handle on it. It took them a while to uh, get a handle on the kind of on the disease. And they figured, what are we going to call it? They said, well, let's name it after the town of Lyme, Connecticut. Yep, that's the name. Interesting. And we got a couple that aren't so serious, but uh, I heard Mountain House repels ticks and backpacking with Jason. <laughs> Mountain so, House. Mountain House a... meals are the ones you can buy, those freeze-dried meals <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. that they sell. Um, and then uh, Pizza Ninja said, is it true ticks even avoid Mountain House? So uh, those questions have come Down up. with the Mountain House. And then this one from Girl Plus Dog Adventures. Um, those British ticks also give people bad teeth. Um, <laughs> wow. I haven't heard uh, that one before. <laughs> um, but then, then it starts getting more serious. And Chris Aconi got on here and said, "A Lone Star tick bit my butt and gave me Alpha Gal." Um, to which all things outdoors said, "Lone Star is terrifying. No more steak." Uh, somebody else said, "My wife got bit by a Lone Star tick and got Alpha Gal for two years. Not a happy time in my marriage." Um, now here's man. another thing about about Alpha Gal. I heard from a guy uh, a couple years ago, uh, and I'm glad you're talking about it. Is that they started to acupuncture has helped some people with Alpha Gal syndrome. Really? Okay. How does that work? Yeah, I, I'm not an acupuncturist. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Uh, and to some people, they they've been able to uh, introduce some red meats back into their diet because of that. Now, so is it a true help everybody no uh but they those people that have it they may want to look into an acupuncturist if that's what you call them uh, that's great to see if maybe they could get some relief do you yeah do you know why um they keep saying they keep saying lone star tick and alpha gal yeah the lone star tick 
is a, a tick that has a little white dot on its back that they call it a Lone Star tick. Is it mostly located around Texas in that region? That's where it gets its name from? No, no. The Alpha Gale syndrome is mostly in the, the, the southeastern part of the United States, to say uh, Virginia, the Carolinas, and that area is where it is most. I'm not saying it's not other places, but that's uh, typically where, where it's going to be. Now, is that the Alpha like Gale in Michigan, or the Lone Star Tick? We don't have it much here in Michigan. Alpha Gale? Well, Alpha Gale is what you get from the Lone Star Tick. But it's only yeah, Lone Star the, Ticks? That's, that's the name of the disease. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> Just for clarification, there is different types of ticks. One of them's called a Lone Star Tick, right? And if yes, you correct. get bit by those, you can get Alpha Gal. Correct. Okay. Yes. And the Lone Star Tick are not just regionally located around Texas. You said there's a big concentration right. southeastern area, which is exactly where we are. Yeah. yeah. So the, the three most popular ticks are uh, the, the, the deer tick, uh, which this one here has the similar colors of it. Uh, these are on my website too, uh, theticterminator.com. But uh, the, the deer tick, the lone star tick, and the American dog tick. Those are the three most popular ones. Uh, we, we probably have maybe 10 or 15 ticks that are kind of popular in the United States. Uh, but those are the three most popular pretty much in the eastern half of the United States, let's say it that way. Uh, another little tip about other ticks. Uh, ticks are basically you have a, a hard body tick, which the ones I just mentioned are. And you also have a soft body tick, uh, which are more in the southwestern part of the United States. And here's something because we're talking out, you know, we're talking backpackers, you know, guys like you, of course. Uh, the soft body ticks, I've read this number of times, uh, tend to. Uh, Congregate in like some little varmint nests, you know, like squirrels, uh, things like that. Mm. And a lot of stories have been told to say, to say somebody's out backpacking and camping and they happen upon an old uh, trapper shack out in the mountains or something like that. Okay. And they say, hey, great. You know, I don't have to put my tent up. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, we'll just throw the sleeping bags in there. Well, what these little ticks do sometimes, it's not uncommon. Uh, at night, while the while the unsuspecting hiker is is sleeping in their tent, these ticks will crawl down uh, out of the varmint nest and come and feed on the people without them knowing it for about a half an hour, and then they go back up to their nest. What? So if the people don't even know it that they got bit until the next day, maybe. Uh, so I tell people don't camp in a trapper shack in the mountains in the southeastern southwestern part of the United States because they may be able to get uh, some diseases like that. I don't know if it's Rocky Mountain spot of fever or there's another that I don't think that's the one but something like that where they can get it. Uh but that, that's kind of a crazy story but that's what I've heard many times that that's how it can happen. So you can wow. how long do these ticks have to do they have to buy and stay attached? depending on the tick in order for you to actually contract, uh, you know, Correct. some kind of disease yeah. or now, on it in the Eastern half of the United States, where we're, where we all live, uh, you know, I just draw a state, you know, cut it in half on the Eastern side. Uh, we don't have those, uh, soft body ticks. Our ticks generally stay on, you know, for several days. They're not the quick feeders like the one I was just mentioning, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and they say that, 
sometimes uh, I've heard, you know, that they got to be on for at least 24 hours before they're going to give you something. Uh, I've also heard it's a heck of a lot less than that. Uh, I just say, whenever you find one on yourself, I mean, uh, take it off. Obviously, nobody's going to leave it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the so- here's the thing. The sooner you get it off, the better your chances are. Let's, okay. let's put it that way. What's the- I, I highly recommend doing daily tick checks. I mean, I still do that. I mean, this is obviously, it's, it's the middle of uh, October. And uh, I did some videos uh, a couple on the, what was it, the, the 7th, okay? And uh, we still have ticks out. Uh, ticks are out in our area until the snow comes. Uh, so, and, and depending on where you're at, if uh, ticks would kind of generally stay around 32 degrees and warmer. Uh, and I know in the Virginias and the Carolinas, you're going to have, uh, you know, you may get snow on occasion, uh, but you could definitely have ticks pretty much year round. So wow, it is 32 and 40 degrees. So it's kind of like know, a myth. People say like, oh, the, the first freeze has come. That's killed out all the ticks. You know, we don't have to worry about treating anything. No, so that's kind of like a myth. They don't kill them. Ticks, when they start to, we'll call it kind of a hibernation or uh they dive down under the leaf litter is their first defense. Uh-huh. All right. Say they may do that for the, for the year. Uh, and then if you get snow, like in our area, we get snow, snow co- covers that. And it snow is a wonderful insulator. Uh, God also gave them a special enzyme that acts like antifreeze. So they don't freeze your, uh-huh. your ticks on there will never freeze to death. I mean, it's gotta be what? 30, 40 below. No, they never freeze to death. It's got to be about 30, 40 below for weeks on end with no snow cover practically for them to ever really freeze to death. So, so what is the life expectancy of a tick? Well, here it is. Uh, funny you say I love telling the story. It's great. <laughs> a female ticks, our ticks generally, a female gives birth to anywhere between 1,000 to 5,000 eggs at a time, normally in about the summer, in, in like June, let's say, okay? Uh and after a couple of weeks, those eggs hatch, and those ticks are looking around. They man, I gotta have my first meal here, okay? So when you're just a little speck of brown, as you can imagine, you know how tiny it is. The closest thing you could possibly get onto is not as as rarely as in us. Uh, it's usually a little a white footed mouse, or in further south, it may be a skink, you know, which is kind of like a lizard type of snake with little legs on it. And they get on that because it's really close to the ground, and they start sucking the blood out of it, okay? Now, when the blood comes out of that into the tick, that's where they may get their diseases. They're, they're born disease-free. So they get their diseases from their first host, which in a lot of cases is a white-footed mouse, okay? So wow. after they're done with that for a couple of days, they drop off that white-footed mouse. They do whatever ticks do. You know what they do? It ain't a whole lot. I mean, they just kind of sit and kick back. And they just feel like they just got off the full belly deli, you know, for three days there. And uh, they just kind of, they only eat one time a year. That's their meal for the year. All right. So that fall, that winter, they're, they're fat and sassy and happy. And the next spring, they come out the size of a poppy seed. Okay. Wow. And if that tick got Lyme disease the summer before, they're going to have it for the rest of their life. They don't have to be a full grown adult to be a problem. Now, the size of a poppy seed could possibly get under. That's why it's so important for backpackers and outdoor workers to uh, treat their shoes, their their, their socks, pants, and everything, because you can't hardly see a poppy seed-sized tick on your shoelace, okay? 
Yeah. And if they got on you and fed for a, for a day or so, they could possibly give you a disease. All right. So they may get on their host, whether it's us, a squirrel, or I should say a rabbit, you know, raccoon or something like that. And then they eat for a couple of days. They get off, do whatever ticks do, which ain't a whole lot. They had their meal for the, for the year and they molt into the next series that fall that wouldn't have come out the next spring and they're a full grown adult. Then they look for their, for their meal that year. It could be us, could be a deer, something bigger. And, uh, they uh, feast on that, and uh, then a lot of times it's a female that feeds on us, but let, let's say they, they feed on a deer, okay, and then they meet their mate, uh, a male, after they're done feeding, then they the male and the female mate, a lot of times they will ride that deer throughout the winter, come up the next spring, the male gets off, uh, he dies, the female gets off, and she gives birth anywhere between 1,000 to 5,000 eggs, and that's enough to kill her, so she dies. So their life expectancy is basically about three years, and they have to eat one meal a year in order to survive. And if they miss that meal, then they die. But they never freeze to death, especially ours. Wow, my whole so, life is a lie. Holy cow. Now I'm more freaked out about going in the woods than I ever have been. <laughs> yeah. Like you're still, there's a possibility of having ticks on me I can't even see. That's kind of scary. Uh, well, we I'm just some... trying to help prepare you. you know oh, I mean? you're the man, dude. We got more questions for you. We've got some great questions actually coming in right now. Um, here's one. Any any certain blood types that ticks like more? Red blood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's red blood, yeah. The, uh, I know some people that uh, have uh, say, man, you're, 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 you're walking with, with, with some guys. And just mosquitoes go to one person more than others. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? You've probably heard that before. Maybe their blood type is, is doing that. Uh, now, mosquitoes are a whole different level than ticks. But ticks uh, just want uh, blood. They don't care if they get it from a from a dog uh, or a rabbit or from us. Uh, they're just looking for that. I mean, that that's it. That's interesting. Okay, so the next question. Um, why do diseases seem to be exclusive to specific ticks? That's a good question. Did we stump the tick terminator? See, they get their diseases from the uh, uh, host that they that they feed on, and those hosts will have different uh, uh, germs in them. Okay, or, or pathogens they call them germs. So it depends on those pathogens that the host has that go into the tick going to depend on what kind of disease they're going to get. So Does that make sense? So they're not exclusive. It's just more of like a correlation between like their, uh, the region and their common host. That helps a lot too. Yeah. And then, uh, different ticks, you know, come up with different, uh, uh, varieties of the ticks. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the close I can answer that. You know, they get it from their host. Uh, and you know, the, the Lone Star tick is very rarely, if almost never gets Lyme disease, they may feed on the same, uh, uh, little, little, uh, white footed mouse, but for some reason their body takes that pathogen, that germ differently than a deer oh, tick does. So you're saying so that body chemistry, almost like the chemistry of that type of tick tends to be lean towards one or the other. That's what I, that's what I would, uh, that's the best way I could answer that question. Wow. That, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
This is why you're on here. This is why we're paying you the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, to be on this the show. might be the most educational show that I think that we've ever yeah. done. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. Really good question. You got any more? Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I'm a big proponent of of permethrin, which you, I mean, sure you guys must have heard of before. Yeah, I was oh, yeah. wanting to ask you about the chemicals because I was wanting to know, like, I've treated with permethrin before. My gear, my clothes, except for my underwear. And then there's also other chemicals that I have as well. But I'm wondering if there's any that are harmful to me versus any that are harmful to, like, the environment that I'm going to. You know, if it has to do with the watershed or whatever, maybe I treated my tent and then it rains and then that water goes into the ground. And I don't know if that's good for the environment no. around there. But no. is there different chemicals that I especially shouldn't be using? And then let's talk about uh, the most common and best practice for uh, treating your gear and prevention. I would probably not use 100% DEET. Uh DEET is an excellent product created in 1945 for a military. We've had it around a long time. It's had thousands, I mean, I don't know how many different testing on it. Uh, but sometimes DEET can cause uh, plastics to uh, uh, kind of melt away a little bit. Yep, the I only difference that. between the 20% DEET and 100% DEET is the 100% DEET lasts a little longer. I mean, I use a 20 to 30% DEET on a regular basis. And a lot of people say, oh, I want to use 100. It's going to be stronger. No, it's not any stronger. It just lasts a little longer. A 20, 30% deep can last maybe six hours, where 100% may last 10 or 12, possibly. Do you know you why know that mean? is? I'm not exactly sure why it is, but that's that's how it works. Okay. Uh, and I, I think sometimes that the, the higher percentage may give you more, uh, it may be more apt to harm the plastics that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, IR3535 is a good one, but uh, also a Picaridin is a good one also. Uh, actually, our company is going to be coming out with something I shouldn't even talk about it yet because they haven't come out with it yet, but they're going to come out with something that's, that's very sweet here, hopefully this winter. I've been working on it for a couple – they have been working on it for a couple of years. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, you don't need 100% uh, DEET, I don't think. I, I would never use it because of that. And if you're spraying your gear – uh, DEET is generally best for your skin. Uh, oh, okay. And and the, the the way DEET works is the scent, the smell, the aroma is is, is what is the way DEET works. Okay. Because a, a mosquito is is coming close to you, let's say, and they can sense and smell that DEET. What it does, it tricks their little nervous system, their little antennas in their brain, and tells them, "It's hey, there's no blood there." So then they fly off. Okay. The way oh. permethrin. The way permethrin works, it's it's all based on uh, it's, it's called a contact repellent. You, know, you spray it on your in your pants, uh, pants, shirts, socks, you know, all outer stuff in your gear, and ticks and stuff don't notice until they come in contact with it. Once permethrin is dry, it is absolutely totally fine. It does not go into the environment at all. It's it binds to the fabric. Uh, it comes off uh, over time because of evaporation. You know. Uh, comes off because of sunlight, uh, but it does not harm the environment. Uh, you don't want to, you know, dump it into the water system by any means. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's great for it's, it's the best thing you can use out there for for uh, you know your gear. Uh, as an example, I had a uh, a black fly land on my uh, thigh a couple of years ago, uh, and is to me it was just sheer fascination. It was just a, 
entertainment because I'm watching this black fly do what they call the hot feet syndrome. It's dancing around on my 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 jeans because it could sense the permethrin molecules that I had sprayed on my jeans and it, it was driving it nuts. If it could have talked, it would have said, what the heck did I just <laughs> land on here, man? And it flew off, okay? Now ticks can't fly off. So ticks and chiggers, permethrin is great for chiggers too. Every step they take on a permethrin treated apparel, garment, whatever you spray it on, drives their nervous system nuts. After several seconds, it starts, you know, really uh, bothering them. Uh, if they're on it for, let's say, more than a minute, a lot of times they're going to fall off and die. Uh, but they don't know us until they come in contact with it. So let's say you've got a tick crawling up your pants. You know, it's probably not going to crawl for very long. By the end of the day, you're not going to see it anymore because it probably already fell off because they can sense all those permethrin molecules on there. Is that making sense to you now? Yeah, yeah. and I wish yeah. I would have known that because one time I sat down in, you know, just like at the foot of a pine, and there were chiggers that were – you know, all under me. And then I had to go to the doctor, get steroid shots. I had to wear oh, like cream yeah. up to my neck and sleep in it, you know, to, to help with all the bites and the itching. It was awful, but those don't actually bury into your skin like a tick, right? They're a little bit different. They bite well, you. You kind of rinse them off. We don't have chiggers where we don't have chiggers where I live here, uh -huh. but I've seen them. They kind of go into the skin and I mean, they're going to be greatly affected by permethrin also greatly okay. affected by it. That, that's, that's for sure. Well, here's but a question I, for you. Here's a question for you that kind of goes along with all this, just to see, um, are there any natural oils um, that, that ward away ticks? Yeah, uh, essential oils, uh, lemon eucalyptus, different things like that will ward away. Uh, so, yeah, they can use some of that kind of stuff, but they, they work okay. The best thing is permethrin. The next thing is probably uh, DEET. And then uh, picaridin, IR3535, and then uh, natural oils would be down further on the list. So I, the, reason I, uh, the reason I push permethrin so much is because of the longevity of it. Essential oils have to be applied daily, okay? Uh, and there is, a, there is a scent to them too, if, 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 if you don't, you know, just for, because that's kind of how it works for them. Uh, I like the permethrin because I can apply my clothes and it can last for months at a time. Right. Okay. And backpackers, uh, you know, I got this lady who did the AT, uh, she did the whole thing starting February. She was done in, I think, early September. So I don't know how many months that was, but that's quite a few months out there. She treated her clothes in the beginning. Uh, see, I'm looking at my thing here. And then in uh, Virginia and then in Vermont. So she treated them twice. I mean, that that's pretty minimal treating. Uh <laughs> When you're talking about a long, I mean, you guys know how long that is from, from yeah. Georgia to Katahdin. You know, that, I don't know if you guys have done it, but that, I have done it. But that's a long ways to be out there. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, our, the permethrin that I work with is the only one on the market where uh, the person actually designs how long it's going to last because it's a concentrate. The more they mix, the longer it will last. Uh, they can mix it to last for six weeks or, or 12 weeks or 24 weeks. Uh, the, the more permethrin molecules that go on the the garments and the and the, and, the, and, the, and the gear and stuff like that, the longer it will last. I mean, that's what I use, and that's on my website. That's that's the best permethrin that I can find uh, in, in the market. Well, let me play uh, devil's advocate because I'm wanting. What's enough. that? I said, let me play devil's advocate here on the the permethrin because that's what I use too. I'm I'm curious yeah. 
But is there a big downside on using the permethrin besides like you you physically do have to like like I'll hang up my gear or set it up, I'll spray it down, I'll let it sit for twenty four hours, like to treat it, just following the directions that are on the bottle. Yep. Is is there another downside toward using this chemical or other chemicals besides the act of, you know, physically taking the time to utilize it? I can't think of a downside. It's been around for a long time. It was basically created in the 70s because permethrin is basically a synthetic version of pyrethrum, which is a naturally occurring insect repellent that's found in a chrysanthemum flower. Is, is basically what it is. It's synthetic huh. uh, to that. Uh, and it created in the 70s. They, they, when they created permethrin synthetically, they made it for four different applications. Uh, one for farmers to put on their crops, keep bugs off. Farmers put on their livestock to keep bugs off. Another one for doctors to use for licensed scabies. And the fourth one is to put on your clothing and gear. So those are all different formulations. Some people actually uh, will use the farm grade, which is not supposed to be you know, used on your clothing. Uh, but they do. I actually had a guy, a Midwest backpacker, did a great video on our product. He compared we know Jeremy. to... Uh, yeah, we know him. Oh, you know Jeremy? He's a good guy. Yeah, we know Jeremy. Oh, yeah, what a character, man. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he called Almost? Is that his trail name, Almost? Or something like yeah. That? Yeah. Anyways, a couple of years ago, you can look on his website. He did a great, great job. And he compared it to uh, the traditional uh, Sawyer, which everybody knows. Nothing wrong with it. But Sawyer lasts six weeks, six washes. He compared it to that, and he compared it to the farm grade. And this is a third video he's done on permethrin. He did one on the farm grade. Then he did one with uh, uh, the Sawyer. Then he did mine and compared to the other ones, and he calls it a better permethrin. It's one of his best videos. You can see it. It's kind of funny because he did it two years ago. <clears throat> this spring he had about, I was watching it, he had about 2,700 views on it. Okay. All of a sudden, this uh, March, uh, no, not March, May and June, all of a sudden, I started getting all these orders. I'm thinking, I always <laughs> ask people, okay. How'd you hear about me? And they kept yeah. saying Midwest backpacker, Midwest backpacker, Midwest backpacker. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, and uh, that that those views went from uh, 2,700, and now it's at 16.6. So I yeah. mean, I would get like a thousand views a week. It just really hits some really cool uh, uh, algorithms, I guess. And uh, I'm thinking, finally, you know what I mean? So people start, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of bad. So I've been doing a lot with backpackers. And uh, I love it, you know, because it's a real regular people like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We just put a backpack on, walk through the woods. Just yeah, normal guys, unique people. You know, you know, to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I like our, our permethrin is because it's uh, it's different. Than, it's the only one on the market like this. Uh, I don't know if I can show you. Do a little commercial here, but this is this is what it is. You can see, get it right on my website. Duration. Uh, the big uh, bottle. Comes a little bottle of concentrate where you mix it yourself. Comes with directions, uh, and it works. That's what I use. You know, I treat my clothes for three months at a time. Uh, I could do it longer, but I, just, I don't know why I do three months, twelve weeks at a time. But that's what I like. So it basically saves you money, also too, because you mix it yourself. Let me ask now, you this. Le- oh, I was go ahead. Say John. With the permethrin thing, real quick. With the permethrin thing, um, I always see that that you're not supposed to let it get on your skin. How badly yeah. does permethrin? Uh, irritate the skin if it does it may irritate it a little bit uh there's never been any documentation of somebody having this awful disease or cancer from it or melting their skin or anything like that 
no, uh, it's been around for decades and decades. A military uses it. They treat all their clothes uh, with it for for several, you know, twenty plus years probably. Uh, I tell people, you know, when I I even have videos on it too. Basically, you you spray your clothes and your gear. You do it outdoors, probably like Jeremy or or, or, or Jeremiah. You're already doing it outdoors. You know, keep it outdoors, spray it out there, uh, let it dry. I tell people at least four hours, and overnight is the best. Uh, and come out and, and, and you're fine, you know. Uh, you don't want to spray it around cats, uh, unless you don't like the cats. Well, I should say that. But, uh, <laughs> I'm a dog guy. Uh, do- dogs are, are, are fine with it. I mean, there's plenty of things to use on dogs. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to spray it around fish and get it in, in, in uh, stuff like that. However, let's say there's a fisherman out there listening to this. Uh, he should treat his clothes because walking through the tall brush sometimes if he's stream fishing, mm-hmm. you know, not if he's lake fishing, but if he's walking through brush and in, in, in a dense swampy area where there could definitely possibly be ticks, uh, he should uh, spray his clothes. And once it's dry, it's totally fine. You know, uh, let's say you can hold your cat, you know, when your clothes are totally fine, you know, the next day, but you just don't want to do it when they're wet. Mm. Uh, so, uh, does that make some sense? Is that helping you a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was curious about one other thing. I was backpacking a couple of weeks ago with two guys and, um, you know, one of them dressed the same as me, long sleeve shirt, hiking pants or shorts, socks, boots, or trail runners. Other guy had his, um, socks, he had his pants tucked into his socks and he had a shirt tucked in, which I don't do, but I've seen like, you know, um, like on Discovery Channel, one of these survivor guys, I've seen them like tuck their pants into their socks and then tape them up, you know, because they're walking through whatever brush for so many miles trying to get rescued. How necessary is it if you're going to treat your gear to like rig your clothing to avoid ticks? Because a lot of people like hiking in shorts or a tank top or something like that. Yeah. Is it necessary to really tuck your your pants into your socks and tuck your shirt into your pants to avoid. Cause he said, dude, most of those ticks are looking for animals, right? So they're going to be at the height of an animal. They're not going to be up at neck level. So he's like where my ankles are walking through here and at my waistline is my two entry points for the ticks. Correct. Yeah. People, you can, you can tuck the stuff in there. What that does, that keeps the ticks on the outside. Keep in mind though, that, that like, like you were saying there, Ticks do not drop out of trees. They don't jump. They don't fly. They're usually on almost always on some low type of vegetation. They're going to get on your shoes and, and your shin be below your below your knees uh, first, and they're crawlers. So if somebody does tuck their pants into their socks, which is fine, I mean, totally fine, that definitely keeps the ticks on the outside, Okay. Uh, because if they, they could possibly, you know, say they started on your shoes, they could crawl up your socks and hopefully both of those are treated with permethrin. Uh, they will definitely be affected. Uh, so then they could keep crawling up and they could possibly get on your skin uh, to possibly feed on you. But once they've walked that much on permethrin, the chances of them doing much damage are very minimal because, uh, it only takes a little while for ticks to, to walk on permethrin and, uh, they're not going to be able to, to feed. It, it just, it just hurts them too much. It drives their nervous system nuts and, and, uh, they just can't handle it. So, uh, well, does that how, make sense? Yeah. How fast 
are are they actually? How fast do they crawl? They get up your leg pretty quick, or is it like slow motion, like snail style? It's mostly pretty slow. They say that the uh, uh, the lone star tick is one of the fastest ones. They say so. If you're ever going going to enter a tick in a tick race, uh, <laughs> make sure you do a, a lone star tick. They have some tick races up here in Wisconsin and Minnesota. I have never been to one. I'd like to go to it sometime and be a judge, that, you know. That's, that's a real day. thing? That's real? Oh, yeah. What is it Look even? It what is? races. <laughs> Google it. Tick races. We'll, we'll to, I'll try to find a clip, and we'll show it on the, on the next podcast episode. Yeah, we'll have to show that next week if you can find a video with that. Um, I got a really interesting question since we're on the topic of, like, permethrin and, and ways to avoid and all that. Uh, unlikely hiker got in here. And she said, I heard there's a stage two trial for medication that kills ticks and mosquitoes similar to the one that dogs use. Have you heard anything about this? I'm not exactly sure which one that is. Uh, I, I don't know if she's talking about a, uh, 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 what do you call it, a vaccine? Uh, there was a vaccine probably 20 plus years ago that uh, had a few little problems and they discontinued it. Uh, but I'm not quite sure of that. So maybe she could answer that. Is she talking about a vaccine? Uh, I'm not sure. If you want, if she could leave that. Yeah. Kind of little but if, I'm but wondering the problem if she's with thinking, the vax, I'm wondering if she's thinking like the drops that you put on the back of a dog's neck kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I wonder uh, if that, if it's something like those. that. But I have not heard of that. There's so many different things out there. And I normally hear about everything because I do research all the time trying to keep up on, so I don't get stumped on questions you know, like sure. that. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure what she means by that. Uh, if she doesn't get a good answer on here, she could always, uh, you know, go on my website and uh, answer, you know, ask a question right on there too. Yeah, uh, under absolutely. Contact information. So I'd be happy to do that. Uh, well, should we but, uh, wrap the show with a little poop talk? Yeah. Was there a story you wanted to tell us about? I, I got a poem too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah let, well, let's hear those. Yeah, let's hear them. Well, y'all, y'all do the poop one first, or what? Yeah, yeah let's let's, do, let's go ahead and do the poop one first because everybody wants to hear it, and then let's oh, end well, with your poem. Yeah, okay. It, it's not necessarily about me because I don't. I haven't backpacked enough. It's been a while since I backpacked. I backpacked Isle Royal and 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 some uh, around uh, the Porcupine Mountains here in Upper Peninsula where oh, I live. Yeah, nice, great. Uh, but maybe you've heard of those places. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Know. Yeah, it, it's 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 pretty good, uh, but anyways, uh, uh, the poop story was uh, I heard about a uh, this guy originally told me this. He was a World War II veteran, and when they were over in uh, the Philippines, in some very dense uh, vegetation. Okay, you can imagine a, a very tropical, so in in the woods there. So what they did for entertainment, I mean, this is kind of gross entertainment, is uh, when some guy would go to 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 take a dump <laughs> somebody else would go with a shovel and they would put the shovel under his hind end <laughs> and when he would go they would catch his poop in the shovel and they would pull the shovel out without him even knowing it okay so when he would go to look down to see what he did he would be shocked thinking hold on what happened here i know i just did something <laughs> i couldn't see anything <laughs> so, Count me out on that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that's a military funny story. So I, I've never forgotten. I probably heard that 30 some years ago and some stupid things you just never forget. So anyways, wow. I'll tell you my, my poem here that I go. And also I should tell people they can go to my website anytime, you know, to, to get this kind of, you know, permethrin that I have uh, or any other questions that I have. The Tick Terminator, you know, just like I mean, the TickTerminator.com. Anyways, the poem goes like this. I, I made it a couple years ago. It goes like this. I hate them little suckers. I want to terminate them all. So I do with permethrin and love to watch them fall. From head to toe, I spray this stuff. My shoe socks, clothes, and hats, because it works on more than ticks, like skeeters, chiggers, and even gnats. So I ask you, if you're listening, to keep away from Lyme. Get started with permethrin, and now is the perfect time. Thank you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and just to make sure so everybody knows, if they want to find you, they can find you on the TickTerminator.com? Correct. Fantastic. Yeah. And if you have a question that we didn't get answered tonight, you can go over there and, and shoot your questions, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to get answers that way. Um, Brian, man, it's been awesome having you on. It's <laughs> yeah. been a lot of fun. I learned so awesome, much <laughs> and some good laughs. I love the poop story too. That, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> we haven't had, we haven't had a story like that. <laughs> that, was That's, that was a first one for sure. Also, uh, just stick around. We're going to, we're going to. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sign out here to say we want you to hang out in the green room for a little bit. And sure. uh, we'll chat with you for a couple minutes after, after we get done here. But thank you for being on, man. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It's been a, been a blast, like usual. All right. Okay, I know more about ticks now than I ever thought I would in my entire life. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's like an encyclopedia of ticks. That was, that's crazy. Oh, we got some great comments. I got to put these up here. I held off. Uh, they're very much more backpacker-centric. Uh -huh. But um, one was watch out for the invasive go-nex tick. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, ticks will battle the cockroaches for domination after the apocalypse. Oh, well, after the way he was talking about them, holy cow! I know. Oh, and this was great. Uh, um, <laughs> now we got the comments of people reacting to when he was talking about how you can't even see some of them and how many are out there. Uh, Terry Young Outdoors said, "Okay, I'm done with backpacking after hearing all of this. <laughs> It'll freak you out, man." <laughs> Um, Pappy Trail said, dude, I think ignorance was bliss. Hiking will never be the same. I couldn't believe that they didn't freeze. I know that that was the part that caught me off guard. I know. Um, that they can live multiple years. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um, and then here's a great one. Tangent Trail said, uh, after hearing all of this, who's going to start backpacking with a flamethrower? <laughs> I did say I was always taught to burn them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and then uh, this was a great one when he mentioned that chrysanthemums were kind of where permethrin came from. Uh, it, it, this one right here. I see Jeremiah wear a chrysanthemum, chrysanthemum crown on his head as the king. <laughs> Very fitting. Keep the ticks away, yes. man. And, of course, we had Jeremy from All Things Outdoors on last week. 
And uh, we've always made fun of him because when he makes hammocks, he will not make them with bug nets. Yeah. And I, you would think after talking about ticks, he would change his tune. Ticks still don't make me want <laughs> a net for my hammock, LOL. I think he's done one with the, the net, but it's th- it looks like he is flying still without. Oh, he refuses to use them, man. He refuses to use them. But uh, that's just some great stuff. Uh, it was a good night, man. This was a lot of fun. And, man, what information, right? Dude, that was so educational. And um, whoever's listening to this while you're running on the treadmill or driving your car right now or going for a run or whatever, I hope you got, you got as much education as we did. Because, yeah. I mean, that was like a smack in the face with tick knowledge, dude. I, I know a lot now. Yeah, and, and what's great about it is is Brian has such a great personality. Uh, it was super easy to chat with him tonight. Yeah. Uh, didn't, it just, awesome. I, and he's in his 60s. Yeah, I think he said he's 65. Crazy, ain't it? How great is delivery. That? I don't know. I don't that know. guy doesn't look that old. No. Never, never too Man. late to start that career. No kidding. He said no kidding. 2017, he got the website online. Just just insane stuff. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are excited, as always, for next week. Yeah, we got... We'll uh, see you next week. Mr. Buckley on. Tim yes, Buckley next week. our good week. friend Tim Buckley is going to be on here with us. And yeah, we'll see you there. He will probably give us knowledge about things that you may not even want knowledge <laughs> about, but you will thoroughly be entertained, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So for myself and Jeremiah Stringer, we will catch you guys on the next one. Adios, folks. Adios.